0: Blog Talk Radio Blow the trumpet in Zion, Zion with thanksgiving I will come to your presence with joy and gladness I will lift you up for you are the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. who can be like him unto you no one, no one. he that watches their face of men, glory, glory be to your name, glory be your name. to your name, yes I yes I will enter again, with their evil in my heart, I will enter your cup, we pray. I will sing, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, for He has made me I will, enter I, will enter in my I will enter his God with We with you in my I will enter his praise, we praise, we pray, we pray. I, I will say, say, I will say this, this is, is the day that God the Lord I will, I will rejoice for, for me He has made me glad. Oh glory to You! He has made me glad. I, I am so, so glad. I will, I will rejoice for, for me He has. I am so glad. I, oh, I, I will rejoice for the day that me Woman, Jesus, am I? Woman, 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 Oh, I will lift up my voice and sing unto Jehovah. For his mercy is endured forever. Oh, child of God, come and lift up your head. When I see the blood that will pass over you, the blood that washes the well sin the blood that washes away every difficulty and every problem. <speaking> and <singing> oh, mama <speaking and> mama <singing> oh, <speaking and singing> oh, mono oh, 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 Yenjin na mano bobara Yenjin na nishi bobara Obara me sangora Obara Yenjin na nishi bobara Obara Obara ji do Oh bobara Oh ko Yenjin na mano bobara Yenjin Obara me kabu re Yenjin na nishi Oh, I bless the blood upon your businesses. I bless the blood upon your marriage. I bless the blood upon your academics. I bless the blood upon your children. I bless
1: the
0: blood upon your womb. Be better in Jesus' name. Oh, Yenji na nitsi obara 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 jiso yenji obambale yenji ndaga obara yenji mebamba obara yenji mamba obara obara jiso obara ya yenji mono obara ya obara ya obara jiso obara 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 Obarana na sabu, Obara na sabu, Obarana na Obarana Obara na Sanjo, Obara ni nyako, Oka Obara, Oka Obara, Oka. Iyengi na nyisi Baba, Ila bamba Baba, Jesus, Oke regret, God, that God that make the impossibility to be possible. Child of God, come and lift up your hands and receive your deliverance right now. Oh, yes, Lord, the blood that is stronger than the blood of Abel, the blood of Jesus Christ. I place it in your life. Amaram I dig
1: Amaram
0: When all that are cut down, and I'll say this when I'm lifted, I am lifted. By His grace, I am lifted. And you are lifted. From the bed of sickness, you are lifted. Nobody, nobody, nobody. When He said yes, nobody can say no. Mazika kandalebo sinbaya And the doors closed against you. Be open if the Lord be with us, who can be against oh. us? Amaramu, ni purito ni Puri bu. Amaramu, amaramu, amata ramu. Oh, bizeri bika, oh we remanya, oh remanya, oh remanya. Amaramu, amaramu, ni puri nyuma kine pelele. Niba can in one of another Amaram. Zube. Amaram. Amaran am here with and I'm here Ami and I'm
1: am here i
0: I'm here ten, you go by. I'm here you go by. I'm i i that you are God, You never change. I Amen Amen God As you are going out this morning The Spirit of God will go with you Go with you in your business We will go with you in your business Anywhere you go this morning The angels of God They will go with you For the Bible says In the book of Psalm 81 I will give my angels charge over you As you are going out this morning Angel Gabriel will go with you and Jemashmo, the and the They will go with you. They will have taught you to your place. Thank you, Lord, for you are here with us. Oh, Jehovah Jireh, only you are, only you is the Lord. Only you be my daddy, only you be Lyanna my Lion of Judah. Will you, will you be you, my God? For there is no other name whereby
1: we shall be
0: saved than the name of Jesus. For at the mention of this name, every day shall The stone will sing, the lamb will walk, the blind will sing. Lefra Ikukwa manonya nanigo naniki ibuci Wano twenyana nanigo nani ibuci Abakure zuri tena naniki ibuci me Wali you wali you wali you my God Only you Only you Only you Is God Lion of Judah, Only you Only you Is the Lord Prince of peace Only you Only you Is God Oh child of God He will hear your voice he will hear your voice in Lagos. He will hear your voice in State. He will hear your voice in Canada. He will hear your voice in Spain. He will hear your voice in United States of America. He will hear your voice in South Africa. Anywhere you call upon him, he will hear your voice. the way to Calvary. Jesus went for me. He went for me. I said your went for me all the way to Calvary Jesus went for me He died to save All the way to Calvary Jesus for me, He for me, my Lord My father went for me. For me, my Jesus went Omega for me went. Oh, went for Megaway. For me. me. All the way to Calvary. Jesus went.
2: He wait for, for me. He went for me. He
0: died, he died. He died. to save me. My Jesus died me. Free. Free. All the way to Calvary, Jesus went for me. Yes, He died. Oh, He died to save me
2: free.
0: All the way to Calvary, Jesus went for you. He died. He died to say you free and it is finished in the course of Calvary. I speak now and I prophesy and the truth of the prophet And every sickness in your life I decree that it is finished. And every stage of prematurity in your family and set I up because Jesus Christ died, I am enlightened by the name of Jesus Christ. But the Bible says, all power have been given unto Him. Power in the earth. Power is everywhere. The power has been given to him. Thank you, Lord, that you have set up in me. Amen. All the way to Calvary, Master went for you. He, he died. died just to say oh, you free. All the way to Calvary. Master for us. He,
2: died he died just
0: to stay Ima, Imama Chineke, Imamaya Imamaya. Imamaya. ya, Imamaya. ya, Imamaya. ya, Imamaya. ya, Imama ya, Imama ya, 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 Imama ya, ya, Imama ya, 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 he delivered you from the spirit of death. He delivered you from the spirit of barrenness. He set you free from the powers of less marriage and gave you hope. What a man could not do, God has done it double. I decree that everything in your life from today shall be double, double. Say amen. Oh, dear, Oh, dear, Oh diabu be, oh diabu be. Si, o tuo si rimasti, o tuo si
2: rimasti, o
0: tuo carne. O tuo si rimasti,
3: Praise God. Welcome to the Lord's Hour, brothers and sisters. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. Brothers and sisters, I got um, there are a few things here to share. Praise God. But uh, tonight' message is going to be all stirred up, and uh, God willing, we will continue the Joseph uh, series next week. Amen. Uh, but tonight is—I uh, uh, have a, a message, and I have a um, a, a recording from the uh, Rock of Israel, uh, the Rock of Israel Church that uh, the Lord wants me to play it uh, later on. Amen. Praise God. Well, thank you for being here, and um, we're going to start with a prayer. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, God Almighty. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day tonight that you have given us. Lord, because we're still, Lord Jesus, breathing, Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for everything, for all the blessings that you give us, my Lord. Lord, I ask you, Lord, that you will please, Lord, come, and the Holy Spirit, I will ask the Holy Spirit also to come down, praise God. Come, Holy Spirit, come, Jesus, forgive us, Lord, forgive us our sins, we repent, we repent, Lord Jesus, cleanse us, Lord. Cleanse our heart, purify our heart, our mind, soul. Forgive us, Lord. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Go awesome, Holy Spirit, sweet and gentle Holy Spirit of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Holy Spirit, in charge of our protection. Jesus Christ, cover us with your blood. Hallelujah, protect the Lord's radio. Protect us all, our families, Lord Jesus. Our family, our children, our friends. Cover us completely, Lord Jesus, with your blood. Hallelujah, protect us all. Hallelujah, protect us all, Jesus. Protect us all of us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And in the name of Jesus, I bind every evil spirit from north, south, east, and west, up and down in the name of Jesus. I bind them in the name of Jesus. I rebuke them in the name of Jesus. And I send them all to hell in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God Almighty. Praise the Lord. So God willing, brothers and sisters, we will continue the Joseph series next week. But tonight, I want to bring a message that is in my heart for this moment in the life of our church, the Lord's hour. Praise God. So please open your Bible at Ezra chapter 1. Hallelujah. The book of Ezra records what God did during some difficult days for his people nearly 600 years hallelujah nearly 600 years before the birth of Christ the city of Jerusalem was destroyed the siege of the city and then its fall were brutal many die a few managed to flee and those who were left were deported to Babylon, the great city of God. This was the place where God had put his name. In the time of David and Solomon. God's people had been like a great army. But by the time of Ezra they were uh, fewer in number and they no longer will power. Hallelujah. The exile dragged on for 50 years, and then something remarkable happened. Praise the Lord. Babylon had been the great power, but all the great uh, movements of history rise and fall under the uh, sovereign hand of God. And in the five, 539 B.C., Cyrus, the, the king of Persia, defeated the king of Babylon in battle. A new ruler came to power, and that's where the book of Asherah begins. What we have in this opening chapter is a, a fascinating glimpse into how God moves his purpose forward in the world. The title tonight is all is stirred up. And I want to make four observations from this from these verses. Number one is stirred up by Almighty God. Verse one We're reading Ezra one. Hallelujah. Ezra 1:1 In the first year, in the in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord it stirred up the spirit of Cyrus. Ezra 1:1 Cyrus was not a believer. He speaks about God. By name in verse 2 Referring to him As the Lord But in verse 3 He refers to the Lord As the God who is In Jerusalem Hallelujah His idea was the different gods That had influence In different areas of the world Praise the Lord Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So there is a a, a fascinating reference, reference to Cyrus in the book of Isaiah 45. Isaiah lived 200 years earlier, yet he refers to Cyrus by name. So some scholars have said, Isaiah could not have been reaping the whole of the book that bears his name. If you believe that God who knows the end from the beginning spoke his word through the prophets, there's another explanation God knew all about Cyrus before he was even born. Listen to what God says about this man 200 years before he was born. I called you by name. I name you though you do not know me. Isaiah 45 verse 4. God says, you don't know me, Cyrus. You don't know me, Cyrus, but I know you. And God has stirred up the heart of this man who did not know him to fulfill God's great purpose for his people. Hallelujah. Verse 1. The Lord has stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom. And put it in writing, Cyrus was the new king, and he had a new policy. The old Babylonian kings took people by force from the land. They had conquered and, and, and forced them to worship their Babylonian god. That's what you have in the book of Daniel. But the new king saw that this ki- that this kind of oppression Could not be sustained Better by far to let these people live in their own land And worship their own God So in his first year he made a proclamation Allowing God's people To return to their, to their own land A secu- secular historian who describe what happened without making any reference to God at all. Amen. It was a change of king, a change of policy, and the new policy made absolute sin. But the Holy Spirit who breathed out the scripture says something more was going on. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, hallelujah, behind all the events that took place. In all the motives that may have been in the king's heart, God was at work by his Holy Spirit. God works by stirring up hearts. And God can move in the hearts of people who don't yet know him. No heart is beyond the reach of God. This, to me, is the greatest encouragement for prayer and for witness. Who will have imagined that a great work of God will begin in the heart of an unbelieving king? Praise God. Hallelujah. It stirred up, almighty God. Number two, is, is stirred up in growing numbers, verse 5, verse 6. Notice how the circle of people is stirred up. By God begins to small, but it expands rapidly, in verse one, we have one man whose spirit is stirred by the Lord. But then, in verse five, we read, "Then rose up the head, the heads of the fathers' houses of Judah, and Benjamin, and the priests, and the Levites, everyone whose spirit God has stirred to go up to rebuild the house of the Lord, that is in Jerusalem." Ezra 1 verse 5 Who were these people? Ezra 2 verse 64 Tells us That the whole assembly Of the people who returned to Jerusalem Number over 42,000 And that there were more than 7,000 servants Along with 200 singers So that the first way of returning exiles Were 50,000 people If God chose To cut to the bottom line He could have passed over all the names In chapter 2 But God, hallelujah Records a whole page of names Praise the Lord Notice that the names are recorded by family. The sacrifices these people made affected their children and their grandchildren, and result in their family names being held in honor. These families were very different. The largest is in verse 35, the sons of Senna, 3630 That's a That's quite a clan A lot of people around the table At Thanksgiving huh So when the uh, Santa got it stirred up And their whole clan Were all in It was a big deal The smallest family Is in verse 29 The sons of Nebel 52 Well, it's easy to imagine the sons of Neville saying we're not much besides uh, the Sennas." But when God preached out the scriptures, the sons of Neville are recorded with the same honor as the sons of Senna. There were just a few of them, but they were all in. There is a a parum here. God stirs up one man, and then he stirs up a wider circle they no they notice. Notice what happens next. And all who were about them aided them with vessels of silver, with gold, with goods, with beads, with beads, and and with costly wares. Besides all that walks really offer, Ezra 1, verse 6. Now there's another whole circle of people who are inspired by what these families have been stirred up to do. There is a definite uh, a pattern here. God stirs up the spirit of his people in growing numbers and in expanding circles who advance his purpose. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The wider circle might have said. If these people want to go and rebuild the temple of God, good for them. Good for them God bless them But instead they said We believe that God is stirring the hearts Of his people And we want to be part of this too Praise God Listen to what God is stirring In the hearts of others In the hearts of yours And if you do Don't be surprised If God begins to stir up your spirit too Praise God Hallelujah! One is stirred up by Almighty God. It's stirred up in growing numbers. It's stirred up to great generosity. I have got five minutes on this. Everything you need to know about giving from Ezra one and two. Let me give it to you in three headings. A. Give to God what belongs to God. B, give to God as you are moved by him. C, give to God as you are enabled by him. Give to God what belongs to him. Verse 7, Cyrus, the king, also brought out the vessels of the house of the Lord. That uh, Nebuchadnezzar... Had carried away from Jerusalem And placed in the house of his God Ezra 1 verse 7 The old king Nebuchadnezzar Had taken treasures From the house of God When Cyrus came To power he said I have treasures In my vault And some of them belong To the God of the Bible I should not withhold what belongs to him. I will open the vault, hallelujah, and give back what shall not have been taken. Have you been giving or withholding what, what belongs to God in the first place? Under the law, God's people gave a tight 10% of all their income. And it is hard to imagine why under grace, God's people will not do the same if you gave 10% of all that you earn, all that you inherit, and all that you accrue through investment. If you were to give to God 10% of all that he gives to you throughout your lifetime, how much will that be? Have you been giving or withholding what belongs to God in the first place? Hello. Praise God. Hallelujah. Give to God what belongs to him. Give to God as you are moved by him. Ezra 2, verse 68. Some of the heads of families, when they came to the house of the Lord that is in Jerusalem... Make free will offerings for the house of God to erect on its site. Ezra 2, verse 68. Praise the Lord. This is a remarkable pouring out of generosity. These people had already given their tithe. They have moved their families from all that was familiar in Babylon to start a new community of believers in Jerusalem. And when they got there, they are so moved by the need and the opportunity that they extended themselves even further beyond what God required of them. God has stirred their hearts, and it led some people to do extraordinary things. Give to God what belongs to him. Give to God as you are moved by him. Give to God as you enable. Give to God as you are enabled by him. Ezra 2, verse 69. According to their ability, they gave to the treasure of the work 60,000 barracks, or their D-A-R-I-C-S, of gold. 5,000 minas of silver and a 100 priest garments. Ezra 2, verse 69. Hallelujah. People gave according to their ability. Some families had the ability to give uh, their racks of gold, and they did. other families. Other families had the ability to give minas of silver, and they did. Then think about this. Some families said, well, we don't have a uh, direct of gold or a uh, miner of silver, but we could could sell a priest's garments. So let's do that. And they did. God stirred up the spirit of these people. And when they heard, when they, excuse me, when they, their hearts were stirred, they gave to God what belongs to God to Him. They gave to God as they were moved by Him, and they gave to God as they were enabled by Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's stirred up by Almighty God. It's stirred up in growing numbers. It's stirred up to great generosity. Is set up for an enduring purpose What these people did Is recorded by God God opened a door Of opportunity for them He stirred them up And they extended themselves In growing numbers They did all that they could To advance the great purpose Of God in their lifetime So here is a question For us tonight Could this be said of you could it be said of you that you are a stirred up for the events of the gospel? A stirred up, Hallelujah! To see more done, to honor the name of God. Praise God! A stirred up to extend yourself in His service. Hallelujah! In these challenging days, God's people can respond in one of of two ways: We and lament. The growing number of people who know nothing of Christ or his church or his gospel. We can lament that so many churches have become more about us and our desires than about God and his purpose. We can lament the growing famine of God's word that is creeping across our country. Or if God stirs our hearts, we can say, let's do what we can to invite people to church, hallelujah, to the Lord's hour, and to welcome them. Let's do what we can to establish, hallelujah, campuses and churches that are centered on the Bible and do exalt Jesus Christ, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's do this where God has placed us in the Lord's hour and where we have opportunity around the world, praise God. Hallelujah Praise God almighty. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Yeshua. Hallelujah. Praise God. Here's the question. Here's the question that I have been asking as my own heart it has been stirred up. If what we are doing now was all that we did could we really say that with it all That we could for Jesus Christ Or to put it more personally If what I am doing now Was all that I did Could I really say that I did all that I could for Jesus Christ Let's live and serve together in such a way That when we look back Each of us will be able to say I was privileged to serve the Lord with a company of people who were stirred up to advance God's great purpose in the world. And I was blessed to extend myself with them in every way that I could. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's pray. Oh, we live in the world where people are stirred up over many things make us people who are straight up over your house for your glory and for the event of your gospel in the world Father God grant that we will extend ourselves to do all that we can for the sake of Christ in whose name we pray amen praise God hallelujah praise the Lord Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God Almighty. Oh, Lord, help us more. Give us more of you, Lord. Give us more, Jesus. Hallelujah of your love so we can give love. We can surrender. We can serve, Lord. Hallelujah for your glory. For your glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, God is awesome. God is awesome. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, help us. Help us, Lord, to preach the gospel more, Lord. Give us more of you, my Lord. Pour on us, Lord. What we need Lord oh you're coming Lord hallelujah Jesus is coming he's coming he will ask hallelujah what did you do with the talents and gifts that I have gave you oh praise God hallelujah we gotta do more and more and more for Christ
2: Hallelujah.
3: Oh, Lord, as you draw me near, my Lord, I'm desperate for you, Lord. Show the Lord how desperate you are for him. Show the Lord how desperate you are for him. Surrender yourself to God. Serve the Lord. Don't say, I love you, Jesus, with no action. Hallelujah. It's time to move. It's time to move mountains. It's time to do things for God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, drench my soul is mercy and grace on full. Praise God. Oh, Lord, I'm hungry and thirst for you. I am hungry, Jesus. I am thirst for you. Give me, Lord. Give me, Jesus, more of you. You are the living life. Hallelujah. Oh, with your arms stretched. Hallelujah. You, Lord, embrace with us, Jesus. and Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us, Father God. Oh, I surrender, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, use me for your glory. Say, use me for your glory, Jesus. I want to know you. Hallelujah. Oh, I surrender, Jesus. I surrender to you, Lord. Hallelujah.
0: Do what it pleases you, Lord. Hallelujah.
3: <laughs> Oh, thank you, Yeshua. Thank you, Holy God. Hallelujah. Give yourself to God. Oh, hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. Oh, have your way. In me.
3: Oh, the mighty Lord, stay with my soul. Have your way, Lord, have your way in May. Hallelujah. Like a rock wind. with Jesus, praise, praise, Lord, free free praise, 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 praise. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, God. Lord, have your way, my Lord, and me. Take my Talks to the Lord, brothers and sisters. Give yourself to God, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way. In me, hallelujah. Oh, I pray. Yeshua HaMashiach.
0: Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah,
3: Lord. I praise you. Help us, Lord. Oh, help us, Lord. Help us to preach more of you, Lord. Oh, Jesus, bring with me. Lord, have your way. Lord,
0: have your way. In me. Oh, hallelujah. My Lord, it's there with me. My
3: soul, oh Lord, have your way. Have your way, Lord. Use me. Use me for your glory. Use the floor. touch you people are ministering to that Lord right there, right there, right there. Minister, Lord, touch them, touch them, touch them, Holy Ghost. Blah, 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 blah. Wake up the churches, Lord. Wake them up, hallelujah. Oh, I surrender. You tell them I surrender, Jesus. You tell them I want to know you more, Lord. Oh, I want more of you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, I surrender, Lord. I surrender, surrender, surrender. Let the Lord love to get rid of the pride. Lord, remove the pride from me, Lord. I don't need a Lord. This pride is disgusting. Hallelujah to His presence. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, hallelujah. I love You, Lord. Praise God Almighty. Oh, praise Your name. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Oh, minister, touch them, touch them, touch them, touch them. Holy Ghost. Oh, it's time to give to God what belongs to God. It is time to give to God what it belongs to God. Hallelujah. Oh, don't no don't take. Not with all Anything up belongs to God. Give it to the Lord, what it belongs to the Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us to give you, Lord. You pray to the Lord and say, "Forgive me, Lord, for not giving thanks." Forgive me, Lord, for not giving you my offering. Forgive me, Lord, for not giving it to you 10%. No. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Forgive me, Lord. Help me. Help me, help me, Jesus. Forgive me. Stop repenting. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, Jesus. Forgive us, Lord. Have mercy, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, it's time to surrender to God. The doors start closing. Hallelujah. Once those doors get closed, once they get shut, hallelujah. Oh. God said that we'll be at it. It will be too late. It's time. Hallelujah. Oh, to surrender yourself to God and to repent. Oh, when I want to know you, oh, Lord, it's time to have an intimate relationship. Hallelujah. It's time to spend time with God. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, help my God. Oh, Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way. Oh, Lord me, Lord, oh, like a body, for. Jesus, bring my
0: soul, oh,
2: Lord, I have your
3: way, Lord, I have your way, oh, Lord, I have your way. great God, it's time to work for the Lord, it's time to give to the Lord what it belongs to the Lord. It's time to give, to give, to give, to give, to give, to give what it belongs to him.
0: Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, praise the Lord. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah.
3: Hallelujah. Praise your name, Yeshua HaMashiach. Oh, praise your name. Oh, Hallelujah. Touch your people, Lord. it their hearts. Holy Ghost, touch them, touch them, touch them. Oh, hallelujah! Praise God! Praise God! Hallelujah! Oh, God, it's awesome! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, praise God! I wanna hallelujah, let you know, but I treat my hat, my brothers and sisters. Praise God! Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus, for being here. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Praise God, my brothers and sisters. People now on these days, hallelujah, now on these days, they don't really care so much about the word of God. God is going to rapture those who are hungry for God. He's going to rapture those who are hungry and thirst for his word. Because the holy word of God, hallelujah, praising in us, the Holy Spirit types to us when we read his word, hallelujah. But people now are just more interesting, praise God, on what to get from God instead of giving God what to get.
2: Hallelujah.
3: Be careful, praise the Lord, because his return is imminent, hallelujah. God wants to see you, hallelujah, praying, fasting, praise the Lord. He wants to see you, praise God. Interested in him having hallelujah. having hallelujah relationship, hallelujah with him, pray to the Lord, obedience, obedience, that's
2: what the Lord wants, obedience,
3: oh, hallelujah. Not, all, not everybody who says, Lord, 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 We'll enter into the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. Those oh, praise God. Hallelujah. That in God's eyes are pleased. Living in holiness, seeking God. Wanting more for God. Hunger more for God. Thirst more for from God. Not wanting not getting from God. Hallelujah. Finding out are some other things. But seeking God. Because that's when you love God. Following, obeying his commandments. And seeking God daily. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So my dream, praise the Lord. I dream that I saw Jesus as standing on the air. The sky. And I saw some flags around him in a circle. He was in the middle. And the flags around him under his feet, I'm saying flags, brothers and sisters, F-L-A-G-S. Forgive me for my pronunciation. Hallelujah. So he was in the middle and, and, and the flags around him under his feet. I was looking up. And all I remember was three flags. Oh, this breaks my heart. Forgive me if I cry. But their collar, I recognize three of 'em.
1: Hallelujah,
3: praise God. Oh, hallelujah. I recognize three of 'em. One was Japan, second Russia. Early USA. While I was looking up at Jesus, He Chuck. He knocked His right foot down, my brothers and sisters, really hard, and two flags fell down. I saw them falling down to the ground. The first one I remember falling down was USA. <laughs> oh. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Have mercy, Lord. And the second flag, I don't remember if it was Japan or Russia. But I remember so well that the one that it fell down first was USA. I remember that I was focused on USA flag. Oh, Lord. So the USA flag falling down. Then I woke up and asked Jesus the meaning of the dream. And he told me, praise God. He will do that to the countries that will come against Israel. Remember that we were allies with Israel. Hallelujah. But because it's president that we have his Muslim and things that he's doing to make God angry, dividing Israel, giving Jerusalem to the Palestine, homosexuals in the 50 states, abortion, abortion. And more sin, giving his back on Israel. Man, oh man, oh man, God is angry. And he will bring judgment to USA. I remember when Jesus told me that he was going to betray USA, Obama, and also Israel. That is his agenda, that is his mission. His allies are his own people. And his false prophet, the Pope, who this year came to America, isn't that something that they both got together at the White House this year? Hello. Hello there. Jesus is coming. Repent. Run to Jesus before it's too late. He told me that he's still waiting for people to come to the ark for mercy. So don't delay. He is at the door. Soon the door will shut down. And you don't want to be. You don't want to be here when all of this judgment happens. And then it will be too late. Run to Jesus. Get saved. Amen. Praise God. And one more thing Jesus said to me, daughter. He said that he will protect his country. Praise God. Oh, praise the Lord. It's sad, my brothers and sisters. Only the Lord knows when judgment will happen. But we men, I can see it in my dreams. And this is coming, my brothers and sisters. We're going to soon see things. Praise God. Hallelujah. He will protect his church. He will protect. Hallelujah. His bride, he will protect Israel. Oh, hallelujah. Boy, when I saw Jesus standing up, my brothers and sisters, big, he was very tall. My goodness, when he shook his foot. And I saw the flag of USA falling down. Boy, was I said or what. Oh, hallelujah. Because even though this country has a lot of sin, and so many others, too, my brothers and sisters, but I love the United States of America. Hallelujah. And the Lord knows that. But when I told that to the Lord, the Lord said, yuck. Yuck. Too much sin. Too much sin, daughter. Long live Israel. That's what he told me. I said, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. Lord, have mercy. It has to happen, he told me. My brothers and sisters... Hallelujah! You that are faithful to God, be faithful to God and still be faithful to God. You that are holy, be even more holy. The Bible says, "Sanctify yourself even more." Hallelujah! Praise God. Because I want a holy church, my brothers and sisters. He's coming for a holy church, a righteousness church, justice. A just, a just person. Hallelujah! Continue to follow Jesus. Let's continue to be with the Lord. Continue to read His word. Continue to be faithful to Him. Because he will not leave you, my brothers and sisters. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He will be faithful to you. Hallelujah. Praise God. So that's my dream, my brothers and sisters. I will ask that you will please listen to this this message. I have it on CD. The Lord let me know to play it and then bring it to the Lord. And uh, again, um, these brothers and sisters are Jewish. It's from the Church of the Rock of Israel, and they're bringing Gentiles together to be with them. They're calling Gentiles. Now listen to that. What does that tell you Too, They want Gentiles to be all of us together. And, um, hallelujah, praise God, praise the Lord. So, I'm gonna go ahead and play, hallelujah, the CD I got here. I will, I will, I will be back after this, my brothers and sisters. Praise God. I'm praying that today, there's a lot of students
4: that because, uh, very interesting section he starts out and we, we began to read about it that uh we're coming up on this last holiday. There's three holidays in the year that were Israel was supposed to bring the tithe into the to uh before the Lord. And uh we don't want to miss this because it's our last chance in the calendar year Uh, I, I, it always amazes me. It seems to be something that confuses people to no end. It just means a tenth. What's confusing about that? Hallelujah, praise the
3: Lord.
4: It, it always amazes me it means a tenth. What's well, it's confusing about that. Well, is it a tenth of my net? Is it a tenth of my gross? Is it a... There's no confusion in the scriptures. The scriptures say, bring a tenth of all your increase. All you have to do is figure out how much you'll have this year that I got this year that I didn't have last year and give a tenth to God. And I love God the way he does this. He doesn't say bring it to the temple. He doesn't say bring it to the tabernacle. He doesn't say bring it to the synagogue. And he doesn't say bring it to the church, does he? What does he say? I love the way he worded it. It can't go wrong. Bring it to the place where I choose to establish my name. all me a God nails it every time, doesn't he? No matter how many changes things, God got it right in the first place. I would encourage you strongly to follow through. That is one of only a several ways that physically, the physical world uh, interacts with the spiritual world. You make a statement in the physical world that you'll trust God to live on nine-tenths of everything that you were increased this year and give him a tenth back. And that makes a statement in the physical world, but it reaches the spiritual realms because God commanded it. And he said, look, if you do these things, if you're obedient, he says a little later in our text, blessings will come on you in chapter 28. And if you're disobedient in this, And obeying what I tell you to do, and that's one of his commands, is to give that tenth, then curses will come upon you. Now, we don't look at this too often. This is once a year we kind of get to look at this whole concept of blessings and curses. It's good to get them into a scriptural reference because the world has a tendency to twist things. But we should know, especially if you have chosen already to believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. I hope that you will choose that if you haven't yet. But if you have chosen that, then we should know about blessings, what God says about blessings, what God says about curses, because they're real and they're out there and we're involved in them. So there's three ways uh, uh, that that curses can come upon us, really, from scriptures that we see. One of them is that we can speak a curse. We can say something to come out of our mouth that becomes a curse. And the scriptures illustrate that. I'll show you some illustrations in the scriptures of curses. Curses are very similar. Not, it doesn't start out as a curse a lot of times. It starts out as a vow. Don't be confused. It starts out when something comes out of our mouth, we we'll make a promise before God to do something and then, then later regret it sometimes or we don't want to do it. But it doesn't matter sometimes it comes out. So what's interesting is uh, it says in Proverbs 26, two, that, that a curse won't light. You know, a curse without cause won't like. So, if someone else curses you; it's not that big of a deal. And I've seen this. You're reading the scriptures. There's not a lot of people that cursed other people, and a curse came on them. But there's people who cursed themselves, basically by making a vow, and the curse they brought a curse on themselves. That's one way to do it. Another way, I think, much more difficult to deal with, is from Exodus chapter uh, 34. And it's verses uh, 6 and 7. We read this at Passover. Every Passover we read this. 34, 6, and 7. And the Lord passed in front of him, Moses and Brooklyn, the Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgressions, and sin. That, in case you don't know, is the good part. Here comes the hard part. Yet, he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity on the children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generation. That's called the generational curse, and that came with the, the original curse. But but we can make that better for the next few generations, or we can make it much worse. We can make it better by being obedient to God, when he tells us to be obedient. We can make it much worse by being disobedient. And we can look at that for a minute, too. Uh, and then the, the third way is kind of rolled into it all. The third way to bring a curse on yourself is to just be disobedient to God. What's great about it is the other side is to bring a blessing on yourself is to be obedient to God. So if right now in your situation, you're struggling with and not coming through and bringing the tide in. You're being disobedient to God. And like I said, he didn't say bring it to the church. He didn't say bring it to some specific. He said bring it to the place where God chooses to establish his name. It's kind of hard. You progressive people can't make an argument that this isn't a place where God chooses to establish his name. I say progressive people because progressive people can to be able to make an argument for anything.
3: Hallelujah, praise God. Just give me a minute, my brothers and sisters. There's something going on here. Um there's uh, there's a problem here with my uh with uh the thing that I'm uh, connecting it to the into the computer. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, praise God. I'm to get this fixed. Uh, hallelujah. Praise God. The Lord. Help me out, Jesus. Help me out, Lord. You're
4: me great job. I was making a lot praise of money. For
3: something. Thank you, Jesus. When something is very good, You know, the enemy has to come, but I rebuke him in Jesus' name, and I bind his powers by the blood of Jesus, break his power by the blood of Jesus. Praise God. God is good. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah, 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 praise the
2: Lord
3: Be in I praise God and cheap and cheap hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. <coughs> <laughs> Jesus is good Jesus is good Thank you Lord Thank you Jesus Thank you Lord Hallelujah Praise God Almighty
4: Praise the Lord
3: You're awesome God Hallelujah Hallelujah Praise the Lord I'm going to have to probably bring some other speakers. Just give me a couple more minutes for us and sisters. I'm trying to get this fixed. Something else. What
4: do you want? A, so, we so
3: we have. Why have you come
0: now
3: when you're? Hallelujah, praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for being patient, my brothers and sisters. Forgive me for this. It just happened. It was working fine. And uh, just not giving me any signals right now. Praise God. Hallelujah. But the Lord going to help me. I trust you, Jesus. You're going to help me, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God Almighty. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, God is good. God is good. One minute here the <laughs> Hallelujah, praise God. I'm going to have to probably rewind there, so
4: Uh, so it says that he
3: followed.
4: By, uh, so he said something. He's following. The dog is old, and he's like it's time for him to go home. I think. Oh, the teachers, uh, let me you know, know if you, hear you can hear this. Because you let me know if you can hear it. His brain, you know, he said something. He should have said, "He wasn't the spirit of the Lord." What so can happen in the spirit of the Lord? Think
3: of that. See with the spirit and say something. Let's email one if you if you hear. A good thing.
4: So God's real strict about vows. If you say something, you got you got to pay it up. In Ecclesiastes, he sums up what Thank said you. in uh, Numbers and in verse chapter 22 of which is last week in in, in uh, Ecclesiastes, chapter. The doors of my house, baby, when you actually make a lot. And went. And then Ammon came to play against you know, Israel. Right? He said, You're a tax. You can the you know, vow. We it. can't go work. Bring it to the place where I choose to. Okay, speak. here you go, Pastor Sorry.
0: That's so involved.
4: God nails it every time, doesn't he? No matter how man changes things, God got it right in the first place. I would encourage you strongly to follow through There's one of only several his that physically in a physical world uh, interacts with the spiritual world statement in the physical world you're going to trust God to live on nine tenths of everything that you were in this year and give you a tenth back. That makes a statement in the physical world, but it reaches the spiritual realms. Because God commanded it and He said, look if you do these things, if you're obedient, I said a little later in our text, blessings will come on you in chapter twenty eight. And if you're disobedient in this and obeying what I tell you to do, and that's one of his commands is to give that penance. then curses will come upon you. And we don't look at this too often. So once a year, we kind of get to look at this whole concept of blessings and curses. And it's good to get them into a scriptural reference because the world has a tendency to twist things like blessings and curses. But we should know, especially if you're chosen already, to believe that the sure is the Messiah... I hope that we will choose that if we haven't yet, yeah. but if we have chosen that,
3: then we should know
4: about blessings, what God says about blessings, what God says about
3: curses, because they're real,
4: and they're out there, and we're involved in it. So there's three ways uh, uh, that, that curses can come upon us, really, from scriptures that we see.
1: Uh, one of them is
4: that we can speak a curse. We can say something that comes out of our mouth that becomes a curse. And the scriptures illustrate that. I'll show you some illustrations in the scriptures. Curses, curses are very similar. It doesn't start out as a curse a lot of times. It starts out as a vow. We'll be confused. It starts out when something comes out of our mouth, and we make a promise before God to do something, and then later regret it sometimes, and we don't want to do it. But it doesn't matter sometimes. So what's interesting is uh, it says in Proverbs 26, two that, that a curse won't light. You know, a curse without cause won't lie. So, if someone else curses you, it's not that big of a deal. And I've seen this review in the scriptures. There's not a lot of people that cursed other people and a curse came on them, but there's people who curse themselves basically by making a vow. And the curse they brought a curse on themselves. That's one way to do it. Another way I think much more difficult to deal with is from Exodus chapter uh, 34, and it's verses. Uh, Six and seven, we read this uh, Passover. very every we read this. Thirty four, six and seven. the Lord cast in front of him, Moses and Blue Clear, the Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgressions, and sin. That case show was the good part. Here comes the hard part. Yet yeah. yeah. He will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of fathers on the children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generation. That's called the generational curse, and that came with the the original curse. But but we can make that better for the next few generations, or we can make it much worse. We can make it better by being obedient to God who tells us to be obedient. We can make it much worse by being disobedient. We can look at that for a minute too. Uh, And then the the third way is kind of rolled into it all. The third way to bring a curse on yourself is to just be disobedient to God. What's great about it is the other side is to bring a blessing on yourself, is to be obedient. So, if right now in your situation you're struggling with and not coming through and bringing the tithe in, you're being disobedient to God. Like I said, he didn't say bring it to the church, and he said, bring it to some he said, bring it to the place where God chooses to establish his name. It's of hard. Even progressive people can't make an argument that this isn't a place where God chooses to establish his name. I, mean, I say progressive people, but progressive people will really be able to make an argument for anything. It would be hard to argue that here, wouldn't it? We come here and worship the Lord. How early? We're, written, we're say it. We're sure. You want to chop my head off? Then that's what you're going to do, because I can only I'm not afraid of it. And so that's what that's what we believe. And so this is the place. This is one of the places one of the places that he chooses to establish his name. And you can have a great argument and probably go on forever if you have a few Jewish people, so we'll have that later here. About because we'd love to argue. Uh not in a bad way, in a good way. Uh but we have a great argument about well, if is a mission a place where God chooses to establish his name? Well sure. It is. What can I give to a missionary? Sure, I don't give to a missionary. You know, there's places, and that's the definition. Just no, that's the definition where God, chooses establish his me. That's where you need to bring it. And we're going to bring it because when we don't bring it, we bring bad things on ourselves. People who have their money, who struggle with money, who sometimes gain inheritance and lose it all, they lose it because they didn't do what God told them to do with it. It never fails. I've been watching this my whole life. Now, I praise God because it was so good to me that I got that concept when I came to believe. And I probably got it because my parents got it. They they gave that to me. They taught me that. They didn't sit there and say, I need to tithe. just gave. I knew they gave it. Well, I saw the checks go up a lot of times. They gave and gave and gave to a point where they had very little. But they gave. They gave back to God where God chose to establish his name in the, in the congregation they were in. And because of that, it made it easy on me. It made it easy for me to say, that's no problem. And, and I remember I came to read that uh, 10%, that's not enough. I was single, and God had given me this great job. I was making a lot of money for someone who was my age. <laughs> and I had nothing to do with it. I thought, you know what? Let me give it to God. I even give 20%. I used to give 20%, 25% so I'm still work. So when you think about that, how much do you think you're giving to the government every year out of your paycheck? Anybody want to venture a guess? In, in our in our capitalist society, how much do you think? Give me a percentage. Now you wave off. Think 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 about think about it. everything you buy, you give ten percent. Right? Even the a tithe to the government sales tax is called. You own property, and you pay property tax. You rent an apartment, that guy owns that property is paying property tax. You're paying through your rent. It's gotta be about fifty, fifty five percent. In a capitalist society hmm. That's how much is going to the government. We're getting 50% of everything we owe to the government, but we are stingy. We are reluctant 10% to all might and God, who's really responsible for giving us everything. That we have every good thing that we have. It's something to really think about. That's not what this message is about. So it's, it's about blessings. It's about curses. we get back to it. So, so these spoken curses are not really common. There's really only three examples that I can find in Scripture. One of those we am talking is the ninth judge. He actually makes the readings, the, the Hebrew readings the parashot readings at some point in the year of the cycle. And uh, what he does is he goes out, if you turn to judges, you can look at it, and uh, it's kind of a good illustration of a because he, uh, I'm sorry, it's Judges 9, is the ninth well, it's Judges eleven, he's the ninth judge. I think it was a nine in there somewhere. Gilead <laughs> He who's the son of uh Gilead was the son of Manasseh. who was the son of Joseph. And if the problem is Gilead's right wing sons, uh well, it says here, uh, in the first person, no, Yuphthak that's how you pronounce his name actually, Uptach. Mm-hmm. The Gileadite was a valiant warrior, but he was the son of Ahwet. Gilead was the father of Utah. And that was his problem. He was the son of a harlot. He wasn't a legitimate child. And so he grew up, and his, the sons, uh, other sons of his mother drove him out. Said, you have no one here? He said, get out. So it says in the next verse. Get out. And so he left. And he went. And then Ammon came to fight against Israel, it says in verse 4. And they, when he came to fight against them, the elders of Gilead, uh, went to Ustah from the land of Toad. And they said, come and be our chief, that we may fight against the sons of Ammon. And he goes on, and he said, did you not hate me? Did you not drive me from my father's son? What are you doing here? What do you want? And so, so, so we, so, we have. why have you come to now and are in trouble? Ever said that to somebody? <laughs> Look what happened. And he and said to Ustah, and that's right now in turn tonight that you may go with us and fight the son of the man and become head over all the inhabitants of fill your head. Wow. The illegitimate child will become head. And so what happens is later in the text, uh, the Spirit of the man in verse 29 came upon each time. Now, think about this, because this may be when you actually make a vow, the Spirit of the Lord comes on you. I wish that you had to give a message every week. Like I do Every week I wish you Each morning you had to get up And stand up in front of people And give a message Because you know what, what You don't know really guarantee Think of what it would guarantee God, You can study Scripture What you're To look like a fool <laughs> I don't want to get up, here and yeah, you up eh? Or get some kind of Political speech Or talk about something else No If you're going to talk about the word You've got to study the word I wish Each one of you had to do that Every week then the Spirit of God, would be in the Spirit of God more. We were the Spirit of God, and no great things happened. The Spirit of the Lord came on Enoch, and so he passed through Gilead of Manasseh, and, and passed through Ritzbah of and Gilead, and went on to the sons of Ammon. And Enoch made a bow to the Lord and said, "Thou wilt if Thou wilt thee, give the sons of Ammon into my hand, and it shall be whatever comes out of the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the sons of Ammon. It shall be the Lord's. I will offer it up the a burnt offering. Later in the text, unfortunately, his only daughter was the first thing that came out of the door. And uh, so it says that he followed through on the vow. So by saying something in haste, he brought a curse on himself. Now, why did he say that? I don't know. Maybe he's still home a lot of times when the first thing comes out is this dog. And the dog was old and it was like, it's time for you to go home. I think that's what he was thinking. Whatever it was, it didn't work out well. Because he had his tongue get him, him in front of his brain there, and he said something he shouldn't have said. He was in the spirit of the Lord. So it can happen in the spirit of the Lord. Thinking that. He with the spirit and say something foolish. Not a good thing. Well, God's really strict about vows. If you say something, you got you got to pay it up. And Ecclesiastes, just sums up what's said in uh, Numbers and in verse chapter 23, which is last week's reading, in, in uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 5. In verse 4, and he sums it up. Solomon sums this up really you. He says, When you make a vow to God, do not be laid in pain. For he takes no delight in fools. Pay what you vow. It's better that you should not vow. Your mouth shut. You don't say anything. It's better that you should not bow than you should vow and not pay. For not let speech cause you to sin. Do not stay in the presence of the messenger of God that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry on account of your voice and destroy the work of your hands? In many dreams, in many dreams and in many words, there is emptiness. We have to fear God. Fear God. Yeah, when we keep our mouths shut, most of the time, I think we actually are showing reverence for God. Our mouth gets us in a lot of trouble. What does James say about it? The tongue... This is in chapter four of James. He said it's the very world of iniquity. It's chapter four, three, verse six. The world—it's the tongue of fire, the very world of iniquity. It's the world of sin. He said the tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body. It sets the fire, sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. That's on fire, the course of our life. doesn't sound pleasant. Our tongue gets us in a lot of trouble, and it it can bring on curses. Now, some of the real obvious curses that were brought on by the tongue, if you look in Genesis chapter, kind of bouncing all over the place here, give you a little exercise. Uh, In Genesis chapter 31, Jacob was now being pursued by his uncle, Levon, and because uh, someone took the household idols, and someone was Rachel. And he says in verse 32 the one with whom we find your God shall not live in the presence of our kinsmen. Point it out, but it among, uh, uh My belonging, and take it. For Jacob did not know Rachel had stolen it. And if you turn a couple chapters over, chapter 35, Rachel's given birth to Benjamin. Uh, Joseph was her first son, and Benjamin was her last. And uh, it says in verse 16, she began to give birth, and she suffered severe labor. And it came about when she was in severe labor, that the midwife said to her, do not fear. And now you have another son. And it came about as her son was departing before she died, and she named him ben but his father called him Benjamin, the son of the Yeah. I want. You, I challenge you this week. Look through Scripture to find out how many women died childbirth in childbirth. Scripture. Then look at these blessings in in chapter uh, twenty eight of, uh, of Deuteronomy today. It says that if you have your, your offspring will flourish, which will flourish the offspring, the offspring, the offspring of all your animals will flourish. That's not flourishing. That is a wicked curse that came to land. And then the thing that gets me is, you know, they can leave this alone and say, let's not even talk about it, except illustrating one happened in a new couple. And that happened to Peter. After you look at Peter, and, you look at, and Peter was very impetuous. I love him. And uh, uh, that, that section that we read today, I don't know if you remember it, but it was a, at the end of John, it talks about uh, what happened when Yeshua came back. And we'll get to that in a minute. If you look at... Uh, Let's see what it is. Um, well, it's in... Uh, mm-hmm. I've got so many of them. I don't know which one to do first, sorry. Go ahead and check a couple of references in there. Mm-hmm. 26... Yeah, tw- uh, Matthew 26. And you look at verse 69. And now, Peter is sitting outside in the courtyard. Now, Yeshua's in before the Sanhedrin or what's made up of it. They weren't all there. They cheated. They only got the guys who wanted to kill him. And uh, there, he's in there, and Peter's outside in the courtyard, and a certain servant girl came to him and said, We're children with Yeshua, the Galilean. They denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you're talking about. When he had gone out the gate, another servant girl saw him. These servant girls really give him a hard time that night. And, and she and said to those who were there, this man was with the son of Nazareth. And began, he began to deny it with an oath. With an oath. I do not know the man. I swear. And later the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Surely one or two are one of them, for the way who talk gives it away. He'll be like me saying, "Certainly you are from Chicago. I can tell. Your voice is really different. One of them." Rubs on you, and I got to listen to it. what you say? Surely one or two are one of them. And he began to curse and swear, "I do not know the man." And immediately a cock crowed. He remembered the word which Yeshua sure had said before the cat froze the ninety three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. And what's interesting is in the next few days, right, we're going to have the fulfillment of the first three spring holy days that are mentioned in Leviticus twenty three. We're going to have the fulfillment of the Passover. We're going to have the fulfillment of unleavened bread, will being completely sinless, and we're going to have the fulfillment of first fruits. The Sunday during Pesach, the day after Shabbat, when he rose from the dead. You didn't hear much about Peter? He goes to the grave, but we don't hear much about him. We don't hear him standing there at the crucifixion. It was we don't hear much about him. He left. He brought a curse on himself by doing that, by swearing that he wouldn't deny Yeshua. And when the pressure came on, he did it. Better keep your mouth shut and make a vow that you can't pay or don't want to pay. So, what happened? This is interesting because it's good because, look, Jacob made this curse and he lost his, the wife. He had four wives and the one he loved dies first. Well, he lost. Ephraim makes this order, and the only one he had in the world that he loved, his daughter, died. It ended in death. It ended badly. How does this one happen? Well, let's look. Well, if we turn back to chapter 21 of John, and see, remember, he was, he was, they were out in the water. And, uh, and they were uh, fishing, and they caught nothing. And so Peter says in verse 3, I'm going fishing. And they also go out, and he said, the rest of them, they all go out. That night, they caught nothing. It sounds like, when I go fishing. First, they're fishermen, so they're trying to be When his air is not broken, the shall stand on the beach, and the disciples did not oh, know the you sure of. The show, therefore, says that our children do not have any fish, do you? I love he answered. He asked his questions, and he knows the answer, so you know answer to this is great. No! He so, said, Well, catch the net on the right hand side of the boat, and then we catch, find the catch. They catch the net, therefore, and were not able to haul it out because there was such a great number of fish. And the disciple, therefore, whom Jesus loved, he had always refers to John, he refers to himself that way, he said, Because the son of his brother James, and I says earlier, of the sons of seven. He says, it is the Lord, He said it to Peter. Why does he say it to Peter? All well, the rest of the boys were there. Five or six of He said it to Peter. What does Peter do? And it's just he it said, Why did Peter do what it did? He takes his, his shirt up and jumps in the water. And swims like what well, he's not waiting until they get in. He's got this get gets settled. It's like I should, I denied you three times. I swore. I wouldn't do that. I denied you through time. It's like a triple whammy almost, isn't it? God said throw your vows. I broke my vow. And I broke the most precious vow of all. I denied you. You don't know, imagine what this guy's thinking is going through his head, what's gonna happen? But the there's consistent. and here's shoot. Sure. But dear, it's the gold one. And he runs after to one. And uh, they all came in, and they brought, they had more no fish they could handle, and if the net wasn't broken, and you showed it on, and built the fire, it provided for food for them. They got on the fish, you broke the fire. There's the fish which you've caught. And Simon and Peter went up and drew the net, and, they, and uh, they brought it in, and the net wasn't torn. This is coming out breakfast. Now, I'm the disciples? it yeah, was a good question. I they haven't seen him yet, resurrected. Right? They're not sure. I mean, These are stories when around, but they're not sure. So what happens when? When do you, you think they were saying? Do you think they were elated and excited, or do you think they were more kind of depressed and down? I think they were kind of depressed and down. Like, oh, man, what happened? This is all going so well. we were going to take over the Romans. So we were going to run around. Ah! What happened? They're depressed. What happens when you get depressed? When you stop doing it. someone who's there. I've been there, too. Stop eating! Stop eating. And it makes it much worse. Because then your brain's not functioning right. It was already off, and then the victim's victim. are depressed. Now it really gets bad. You're not eating. Wait, what's the book? It's fixing to the wheel. Oh, God. God, those are I just searching for them. And all day, I'm so for too. I don't know what I I'm not hungry. They're hungry. They don't have anything else to me. They're tears and everything. They're just coming around back and then in this program uh and I don't know if, uh where where he stopped, but here, listen to the verse fifteen. So when we have finished breakfast, right? We're all clothed in our right mind, as it's said in the scripture above the demoniac. And they are clothed in the right mind, who is also sitting with his shoulder on the fire I mean, earlier in that Simon, son of John, we loved you more than these. And he said, Yes Lord, you know that I love you and he said, Ten my lance. They said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me. And he said, Guess what? You know that I love you. And he said, Shepherd my sheep. And he said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me. He said he was great because he said to him a third time, do You love me. And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And he sure said, tend my sheep. Remember what he did three times? He denied the first three times. And just lifted that curse. And he just asked him do, you love me? And he really told him, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Remember, this is a guy who was sure birth and a nurse and said, what do people say I am? And he said, you're the son of the living God. You're the Messiah. In most one of the most, in most interpreting phrases in, in, in the history of the church, the body of Messiah. On this rock, I'll build my, my church. I'll build my body. I'm not You're the Messiah. You're the, the Messiah. That's what the congregation is supposed to be doing on the body of Messiah. And what did Peter come to do? I mean, I think what they made him a little big thing. He was the first pope. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm going to get my digs in. Wait a minute. They said the first pope would kill for on 2300. Ah, I'm confused. No. He was the leader, though. He was brought up to be the leader then. Of, of the body of Messiah, both in Jewish and Gentile, and there there's a lot of Jewish people in the body of Messiah then, like there is now, a lot of hiding in the wings, and a lot of whispering right up in front. But see, God, had a plan. Had to release the curse. and He did it. He did it, man you're sure ask them the question that you had denied housing he said right to his face. Sure. You asked a station or ask them the question that you had denied housing he said right to sure. asked a station or ask them the question that you had denied housing he said right to the station or ask them the question that you denied times he said right to fi- a step you denied two times and denied Station. special ask them the question that you' denied two times a he said right to the station or ask them the question God, Hallelujah. Think it just
3: something happened again. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Oh boy. Hallelujah. So it's just about to be done, and it just got damaged again. Probably, I don't know, the CD, Brothers and Sisters, because this CD is, um, uh, I think this message was, uh, let's see, um, I think it was about three or four weeks ago. So it probably got scratched. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, he was, you know, letting us know a very good message about, you know, if you make a bow, you know, you better, to God, you do it. And also about the offering. It was, you know, very good. You, Lord. Let me see if I can fix it again, brothers and sisters. If I can't, then I'll just uh, play it uh, next time. Um, hallelujah.
4: Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Thank you, Lord.
3: That is
4: good. That is good.
3: the Lord. Lord. Well, my brothers and sisters, um, you know, thank you so much for being patient and I'm so sorry about this. Give me a minute here. I think I got it back. It's kind of a good
4: illustration of, of curse because he, uh, he says, sorry, it's Judges and okay? Iron. And he went. And then, Aaron came to fight against Israel. Said, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God.
3: Praise God, hallelujah. I'm getting there, brothers, just give me a
4: minute. Before the law, saying, I do not know what the said before the church goes. Good this is first. was You on the it is. Therefore, you're not have any fish, let answer questions and the No! cast the man on the right hand side of the boat. It's a little
3: bit further.
4: Uh, we're, uh, we're, we're to, right. okay. <laughs> I uh you. Uh now we're very this is We're all in our do this. do. You love him? You? You love you? You love you. remember this is the guy that we should who said, Who do people say I he said, You're the Son, You're the son of the Living God. You're the Messiah. In the most, one of the most misinterpreted phrases in, in, in the history of the church, the body of the Messiah. On this rock, I'll build my my church. I'll build my body. I'm that profession. You're the Messiah. You're the Son of Living that. That's what the congregation is supposed to be built so I'm the body of the Messiah. And what did Peter going to do? I mean, I feel
0: like the man
4: was going to he was the first Pope. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. I can't get, get my digs in. Wait a minute. This is the first thing. We came up with 200, two, 300. Uh, well, he was the leader, though. He was brought up to be the leader, then, of, of the body of Messiah, both of Jewish and Gentile. And the little a lot of people in the body of Messiah, then, like there was now. A lot of hiding in the rings and a lot of whispering right off the top. The two got into a plan. We release the curse. And one sure of we should have asked them the question, but we denied. We said right through the station, we asked them the question, but we denied. Oh,
3: here you go. Yeah, it's the CD so brothers. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <the>
4: question, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just, just gonna. gonna...
3: Yeah, it's the CD. Unfortunately, I think that something happened to the CD, brothers and sisters, so I'm just going to leave it here. It's, it's a shame because, you know, it was a very good message. But anyway, uh, my brothers and sisters, uh, I, I really, you know, thank you for being here, for, you know, listening to what, um, uh, you know, what that uh, pastor um was letting us know, you know, uh, and uh, uh, Jesus did like this message. You know, when we go to this church, um, you know, the Lord likes it. Um, this is a very, you know, it's a humble church, and uh, you know, it's, it's it's not a big church; it's it's a small church, and it's very humble. And uh, you know what I like. It's also that when we go there, when the service is, is start, brothers and sisters, they repent, and uh, you know everybody's there just you know repenting, repenting and repenting before, uh, and then and, and also pray before the pastor, you know, preach, and and before he start preaching, you know, we. We all pray that God will anoint him. And um you know, maybe next time when the Lord lets me know, you know, I can probably play another one, another C D. Uh for this for this one for tonight was this one. And uh you know, it's 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 very um you can feel, you know, the presence of God there, it's very, you know, anointing place. Um you know, my daughter tells me that uh, uh, Jesus is there. You know, he comes and and he uh, he's right there next to the pastor when he's preaching, which is beautiful. And then when they, uh, you know, when they get the Torah out, it's, it's so beautiful because they ask it around. I don't know, because I been to that church only like about, a, I believe about a month and a half. And uh I don't know if they do it only once a month um and uh, you know they pass it around, and you're able you know to like when when they when they get the Torah out it's it, you know you can feel you can feel the presence of god and and um uh you know and and then you know we pray, we prayed and and we ask for forgiveness you know, to Yeshua, Jesus. And um, it's very beautiful, very beautiful. Um, And this is what God wants. You know, God wants us to, you know, repent, to come in a full surrender to him, my brothers and sisters. He wants us to, uh, you know, be, uh, you know, be faithful to him. Amen. He wants us to, he wants us to be you know truthful he wants us he wants god wants to communicate with us he's uh he's our best friend you know uh he, he wants us he he wants to embrace with us once you know when we are in church at at our house even here at the lord's hour you know god is with us and um uh, um uh, You know, I remember one of the times too that when Jesus, because the Lord, you know, sometimes uh, I would say, you know, I'm sorry, not, not, you know, not sometimes, but most of the times, when I, you know, when I'm preaching, he he comes and he sits he sits down, and I remember my daughter one time. He was letting, you know, she was letting the Lord know, uh, you know, I mean, she's. You know, still a child. He said to the Lord, "Don't you get tired, Jesus?" <laughs> you know, listening there. And then the Lord said, "No, I like I like my word." He said, "You know, the word of God." You know, I like uh, when somebody's preaching, and and um, and he likes to be, you know, with all of us. Every time you talk about God, every time you know you talk about the Holy Spirit, about Father God. My brothers and sisters, every time you pray, every time you're there fasting, you know, God is with you. God is real. He's alive. And we shall, uh, this is why we should, you know, be obedient all the time. God is good, amen? He's good all the time. And And so when you are with Jesus, you know, the more you look for Jesus, the more you seek for Jesus, the more, you know, He's, it's the same thing. You know, Jesus does the same thing with you, my brothers and sisters. He's there too. He wants to be with you too, and He's right there with you too. Now think about this the more you seek the world, the more, you know, you depart from Jesus and you go the other way and you go through the world and you go on sinning, guess who can be next to you? I think you probably know. I don't even want to say it. You know? If you if, if you are, you know, seeking God, praying, fasting away from the world, God is with you. Amen? Because God is light. God is uh, is his righteousness, his holiness, you know he's holy and uh and what we also um, based on you know on the message that God is giving us you know here we gotta give to the Lord what belongs to the lord you know give uh give your tithes offering to god amen and um. And that's how you know you are faithful to God, and also you know serve the Lord. Do uh, whatever you can, you know, to serve God. Uh, we have to please the Lord. Amen. Because you know God is coming, my brothers and sisters, and we gotta do something. We got we gotta do things for the Lord. We gotta use those talents and gifts that God gives us. And we also have to give to the Lord. We also have to, uh, you know, pray. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm very, I'm I'm very happy, my brothers and sisters, that, you know, you're here and that you're listening for those that were listening to into the archives. Uh, for those, for those also that are listening, that are listening, that are not in the uh, in the chat room, um, you know, God bless you. God bless you, and, and and God, you know, He will, He will, He will do things in your life. You're getting. I remember when the Lord was, you know, letting me know also that listening to the Lord's hour. So this is the Lord's the Lord's hour radio. You you know, you also get um oil from listening to the Lord's hour. Um, I believe that he also told this to Brother LB and, and uh and you know he confirmed it to me. Yeah, uh it, it just helps you to get ready for the rapture. Amen. And, and you know, God. Praise God. Because God is going. He's He's the one who is who is in charge. He's the one that has everything in control, my brothers and sisters. And um. And for for those that are you know being faithful to God, they just they just got, you know. They got God with them. The biggest reward is God. I remember Jesus was telling me that one time. The biggest reward for his people is Jesus. Okay? You will have your reward in heaven, but the biggest reward is Jesus. Amen. Um, So, praise God, my brothers and sisters, and... um, Thank you for being here. God bless you. God bless you and and I just I pray that, you know, uh that Jesus will protect you, that um the Lord will protect your families, your children's. Amen. Praise the Lord. That he will, you know, cover them with uh with his precious and holy blood. And that, you know, he will he will protect you. Amen. You and your family, and that for those that are not being saved, that I pray that will come to Jesus and give your hearts to Jesus because time is running out. Jesus can come any talking, my brothers and sisters, any time, any day. We just gotta be waiting for the Lord, and again, you know, being faithful, hold tight to the Lord. Anytime he can come, I know that he, you know, the Lord have let me know events are going to happen before the rapture. But I remember a couple months ago when the Lord was letting me know too, you know, Father God has everything in control, my brothers and sisters. He has everything in control. So he he knows when uh, things, you know, are. When the the uh, judgment is gonna start, you know, falling and and, um, and uh, happening, and and we just you know we don't wanna focus again, you know, on dates or months or days. Be faithful to God until when it happens, and uh, let's just not worry about that because God is going to, you know, help us in those moments. God is going to, you know. Um, when things are going to start, um, uh, begins happening, you know, God is going to be with us. And so what I can tell you, my brothers and sisters, is just for those, you know, that are seeking God daily and, you know, just please, again, as I always have said is keep up the good work, keep up, keep up the good work that, um, that is, you know, the great work for Jesus. Because you're working for the Lord. Whatever you're doing, if you're doing it, you know, keep doing it because you're you are doing, you're doing something, you know, beautiful. You're saving souls if you're preaching the word of God. Uh, you're bringing, you know, uh, those souls to Jesus. And, and, you know, Jesus. Will help you, my brothers and sisters. If you don't have words, you know, to uh, say something like you know, um, preaching, whatever your talent is or gift is, you just ask the Lord again. You know, just ask the Lord to help you. And the and you know, the Lord will help you at that moment. If somebody's coming nearby you, or if someone in fa fe- on Facebook. Or if someone asks you a question, the Holy Spirit will just, uh, he, you know, the Holy Spirit will help you. The Holy Spirit will come, you know, and in your mind will give you, this is why it's very important to read the Word of God. Because when questions come, my brothers and sisters, you know, then then you will remember, the Holy Spirit will remind you about the verse in the Bible and you are going to be able to say it you're going to remember, you're going to be able to be ready. we got to be ready at all times because some people ask questions. Like, you know, what is going to happen, you know? Uh, when a believer died, does uh, the believer go immediately to heaven or hell? I mean, even Christians ask those questions. I remember when we were uh, getting, uh, doing the Bible study, at uh, you know the, the Rock of Israel, we were there, you know, doing studying the Bible, and uh, we were there in our you know Bible study, and and, and uh, a person there was asking, "What happens, you know, after a believer dies? Does it go immediately to heaven or hell?" And then you know, we were there, the pastor was there, ready, you know, to ask uh, to answer that question. Uh, immediately to that person amen and and, and so things like that I mean it's just you know a lot of questions gotta be ready to uh, let people know and this is why you know it is very good to study the word of God and um All of you there that are, you know, that are listening, that having, you know, give your life to Jesus Christ, my brothers and sisters or friends that are listening, uh, please, you know, give your, give your heart, give your heart to Jesus. I pray that, you know, you will give your heart to Jesus, that you will accept Jesus Christ as your, uh, your Savior. Um, You know, say in the name of Jesus, please. Lord, forgive me, I repent. I repent, Lord Jesus, for my sins. Dear Lord, forgive me, I repent. Um, I ask you, Lord Jesus, that you will please come to my heart. I invite you into my heart. I accept you, dear Lord Jesus, as my own Savior. Save me, Lord, save me. That's all you need to say. And write my name in the book of life. Amen. Praise God. And if you did that, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You're safe. And just follow his commandments. Read the word of God. The Holy Spirit will guide you. And the Bible will set you free. Just follow Jesus. Be obedient to him. Amen. And praise God. Well, my brothers and sisters, God bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord... Uh, shine his face upon you. May the Lord protect you and keep you and give you his shalom. Shalom, shalom. God bless you, my brothers and sisters. Thank Let you us, us not us.
1: glide through Do this you. world and then slip quietly into heaven without having blown the trumpet loud and long for our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Let us see to it that the devil will hold a thanksgiving service in hell when he gets the news of our departure from the
4: battlefield. Brethren, the devil is the kind of
1: A call to anguish. Would you open your Bibles to the first chapter of Nehemiah, please? Nehemiah, the first chapter. And would you please just leave that open on your lap? We'll get to it in the course of my message tonight. I I would have a hard time preaching this if I I believe my own flesh telling me that I I preach too much of a heavy message <clears throat> There've been times I've been to the Lord in the past months saying Lord can't you give me a happy But I can't. Now, God may be speaking to me. This may not be for you. But it's a call to anguish. Lord, if you don't help me, I can't get through this. I can't. Lord, I'm too old for games, foolishness, and I'm tired of rhetoric, meaningless rhetoric that never changes things. Lord,
4: just help me.
1: Help me. Folks, I'm tired of hearing about revival, I'm tired of hearing about awakenings, the last day outpourings of the Holy Spirit, I've heard that rhetoric for 50 years, just rhetoric, no meaning whatsoever. I'm tired of hearing about people in the church who say they want their unsaved loved ones saved, I'm tired of hearing people say, I'm concerned about my troubled marriage, when it's just talk, rhetoric. I don't want to hear any more talk about how immoral America has become, how godless our society, how corrupt our business. I'm tired of hearing about Islam taking control and Christians losing power. How dead the church has become because that too is rhetoric, meaningless. Away with all of our how to conferences because they accomplish nothing. It's how to cope, how to build a bigger church, how to reach the lost, how to improve your people's skills, and how to impact the world in this computer time. And I look at the whole religious scene today and all I see are the inventions and ministries of man and flesh. It's mostly powerless. It has no impact on the world. And I see more of the world coming into the church and impacting the church rather than the church impacting the world. I see the music taking over the house of God. I see entertainment taking over the house of God. an obsession with entertainment in God's house, a hatred of correction and a hatred of reproof. Nobody wants to hear it anymore. Tell me now, how many churches have you visited recently? How many churches do you know where when you walk in, the Holy Ghost is so strong that every one of your sins are brought up before your face? The loving grace of God? When is the time you've been to church where you've seen young people under such conviction because the people of God have been on their face? And there's such a concern and there's such an agony that young people are falling on their faces and calling on God because a spirit of conviction is called down from heaven upon them. How many churches have you been lately where you Here a word comes forth that so burns in your soul. You know it comes from heaven. You know it comes from the heart of God. I hope you hear it here. Whatever happened to anguish in the house of God? Whatever happened to anguish in the ministry? It's a word you don't hear in this pampered age. You don't hear it. Anguish means extreme pain and distress. The emotion so stirred that it becomes painful. Acute, deeply felt inner pain because of conditions about you, in you or around you. Anguish, deep pain, deep sorrow, agony of God's heart. We've held on to our religious rhetoric and our revival talk, but we've become so passive. Our so-called awakenings, our stirrings last but a short time, and when the, last, when the re- short-lived revivings and awakenings come from the hand of God, they are so short-lived, and in those times we promise God we'll never return to our passivity, But it's not long, it's just weeks or months and we're back. And this time we slip further back into passivity than when we started. I speak from experience. And we say this time, oh God, you've touched me for life. I'll never be the same. And it's like fireworks. A loud bang and a lot of noise and then it dies. All true passion is born out of anguish. All true passion for Christ comes out of a baptism of anguish. You search the Scripture and you'll find that when God determined to recover a ruined situation, He would seek out a praying man and He'd take him down into the waters of anguish. He would share His own anguish for what God saw happening to His church and to His people, and He would find a praying man, and He would take that man and literally baptize him in anguish. You find it in the book of Nehemiah. Jerusalem is in ruins. This is the center of God's interest on earth at the time. This holy city, and it's wasted, and it's full of iniquity. Mixed marriages with the heathen. They were enslaving their own people, making slaves out of the poor. The house of God was polluted with filth. The high priest was in league with Tobiah, a heathen reprobate. And how is God going to deal with this? How is God going to restore the ruins? How does he do it? What does he do? You see, we face a similar situation, except ours is many times worse. The time when men, according to the prophecy of Jesus, wax worse and worse, and that is happening. A church that's defiled with pedophilia, child molestation, incest, adultery, a nation in a moral landslide that's inundated with pornographic filth that the whole world blushes at. And now out of Cannes Film Festival, according to the New York Times, there's a new movie about to hit the shores of the United States with 13, 14-year-old kids having unspeakable kinds of sex with adults. And they said at the Cannes Film Festival, and it's the boast of festival that we have not only pushed the envelope, we've gone over the edge. And America is now ripe for it. The The ruin and moral chaos is corrupting the house of God also. How else do you explain that multiplied numbers of Christians Go home and watch HBO, a program I've never seen. I don't have television, but I read about it in the newspaper today in the New York Times called The Sopranos. This is a mafia bunch that kill and murder and maim. Gratuitous sex. Cheating, lying, mafia. And we have... Millions of Christians now in the United States getting together and talking about the next show, and they're addicted to it. Addicted. Some of you hearing me now, that's your favorite show. No laughing. This is life and death. Death. Did you come here tonight and did you raise your hands and sing and shout and have a good time? And you know you've been watching this filth? I believe in the love of God. I've preached mercy, grace, and love, covenant love. I believe in preaching the goodness and long-suffering of Christ. But multitudes today are being saturated with your okay messages. We've got people now that are turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. We've become like the children of Israel who said the right words. But here's what God said. I've heard the words of this people. They have well said all that they have spoken. All oh, that there was such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep my commandments always that it might be well with them and with their children forever. He said, oh, you have the right words. You sing the right songs, but your heart is not right. Nehemiah verses 1 through 3. The words of Nehemiah the son of Hakaliah. that came to pass the month of Chisleuth, in the twentieth year I was in Shushan the palace, and Hanani, one of my brethren, came. he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem, and they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, the gates thereof, are burned with fire. They came to pass. When I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Here was the word. Here, here, Here was a delegation from the ruined city of Jerusalem coming to Nehemiah. It said, Jerusalem is broken down. The walls are down. There's ruin, and nothing but ruin. Now these I'm sure were godly men. These were good men. But they, they had no concept of how God was going to deal with the situation. How He was going to bring about a recovery. They had no concept of what God was going to do. Had no, all they could see was ruin and brokenness and despair and hopelessness. Verse 4, when I heard the words I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. You see, God found a praying man and He takes him down into the waters of baptism of anguish. This man goes down into anguish. And in verse 6, I pray before thee now day and night confessing the sins of the children of Israel which we have sinned against thee. Both I and my Father have sinned. Now, folks, look at me, Nehemiah was not a preacher. He was a career man. He was a king's cupbearer. He was in comfort. He was in royalty. He had made, so to speak. But this was a praying man. And God found a man who would not just have a flash of emotion, not just some great sudden burst of concern and then let it die. He said, no. I broke down, and I wept, and I mourned, and I fasted. And then I began to pray night and day. When I heard, I wept. Why didn't his brother, Nenea, why didn't these other men, who apparently were godly men, because later Nenea was given the rule of the city, why didn't they have an answer? Why didn't God use them in restoration? Why didn't they have a word? Because there was no sign of anguish. No weeping. Not a word of prayer. It's all ruined. so all they could see. Does it matter to you today, Does it matter to you at all that God's spiritual Jerusalem, the church, is now married to the world? That there's such a coldness sweeping the land? So many people I know that where my friends, and I see them go one by one, husbands and wives, into such passivity, going to churches where they can find smooth messages, no longer wanting to hear anything of wrath or of correction. Some of my closest friends, I see them falling by the wayside, and the and cry is, Is it nothing to you? Closer than that, does it matter about the Jerusalem that's in our own hearts? The sign of ruin that's slowly draining spiritual power and passion? Blind to lukewarmness? Blind to the mixture that's creeping in? You see, when spiritual blindness comes, very few recognize it. It's the last recognized thing that happens to a child of God. If I, as a pastor, knew you personally, and I was watching your life, and as one of the pastors of church, I come to you and say, I, I, I love you, but I have to tell you the truth. You're changing. You know what you were. Something in the world has got in your heart. I don't know if it's television. I don't know what it is that has your heart, but I see changes in you. I, I don't see the brokenness. I don't see the compassion you had once for your family. I don't see concern for your unsaved loved ones. You're changing. Little by little, something's happening to you. Would it bring you to your knees when... The ruin that you are not even aware of is suddenly brought before your eyes. And to tell you the truth, I thank God for the anointing and the singing tonight. I thank God for the praises that came from so many sanctified hearts living in covenant with the Lord. But the truth of the matter is, in all honesty, there are numbers among us that are changing and they don't know it. You've lost your fight. You see, when you, when you read the book of Joshua, it's almost a book of failure because they lost their heart. They lost the fight. That's all the devil wants to do is get the fight out of you and kill it. So you won't labor in prayer anymore. You won't weep before God anymore. You can sit and watch television and your family go to hell.
0: Hmm.
1: Let me ask you, is what I just said convicted you at all? Did you just let that go in one ear out the other? When a pastor tells you right now, "Hey, and I don't know who you are, but the Holy Ghost is speaking through me, you're changing. Little by little you're losing the love of God, the love of Christ. Little by little, these things are making inroads. Folks, why do you think your pastors cry out against television? Do you think we get any pleasure out of the flesh? There's no pleasure in somebody coming and saying, I heard your message and I threw away my television. That doesn't give me any pleasure. It doesn't give any pastor pleasure. We have given account because we watch for your soul. These things, I don't know where it is on the job, things we listen to, these things that creep in, and suddenly this Jerusalem, the walls go down! And ruin sets in! Does it really matter to you that your unsaved loved ones are dying and we're getting closer and closer to the end? It, it, does it really concern you? They could die and go to hell. Even though you're a lover of Christ. Where's the anguish? Where are the tears? Where's the mourning? Where, where's the fasting? How many of you fast, many of you pray, broken before the Lord. I'm talking about the body of Jesus Christ in general. Where's the getting up in the middle of the night? You see, he said, night and day I began to pray. Where's the confessing of your sins and of your children? Confessing your children's sins before the Lord, or your mates sin before God, because this is exactly what Nehemiah does. He confesses his sins and the sins of all the people. And then he says, we have sinned. I have sinned. And then he said, we have sinned. See, when Nehemiah heard of the ruin and destruction, he never asked why. Why can a holy just God allow his city to go to ruin? Why were so many dispersed? Why were so many killed and murdered? He didn't ask the question that we're asking America today. Why did God allow the towers to fall and over 2000 people died in the the uh, affair in the crash? How could a loving God and Folks, just I, I share what Pastor Carter said today. The holy anger that arises in my heart when I hear preachers on television or, or, or on radio or hear that they've said on television, oh, God had nothing to do with it. God had nothing to do with it. Don't put it on God. Why don't you go to Daniel 9? And I want to once and for all tell you that this was... God allowing America to be wakened. God didn't do it. He didn't stop the plans of the enemy because he had a greater purpose, because it was love for America that was about to slip into everlasting hell. I'm going to lower my voice so you won't think I'm angry. Daniel Ninth chapter Verse five, beginning to read, We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly. Can you say that about America? And we have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened to the servants of the prophets which spake in the name in thy name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. In other words, the government has been warned by righteous men. O oh Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces is at this day. Men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, all Israel that are near, that are far off, through all the countries where thou hast driven, them because of their trespass that they have trespassed against thee. O oh Lord, to us belongeth confusion of face, to our kings, to our princes, our fathers, because we have sinned, Against thee. Why? Because we have sinned against thee. To the Lord our God belongeth mercy's forgiveness, though we've rebelled against Him. Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in His laws, which He set before us by His servants, the prophets. They all, Israel, have transgressed the law even by departing, that they might not obey Thy voice. Therefore, the curse is poured upon us and the oath that is written in the law of the Moses, law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against Him, and He hath confirmed His words which He spake against us and against our judges that judged us, by bringing upon us a great evil, for upon the whole, for under the whole heaven hath not been done, has been has been done upon Jerusalem. Verse 14. Therefore hath the Lord watched upon the evil and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all His works which He doeth, for we what, obey not His voice. Now let me get back to my message. There's a great difference between anguish and concern. God's been dealing with me about this. Concern is something that you that begins to interest you. You take an interest in a project or a cause or a concern or a need, something that gets a hold of your attention, and usually it comes through some emotional stimulus. You know, you you can hear, uh, like, like we heard last Sunday from South Africa and all of the hundreds of thousands dying with AIDS and the children, and you can... Hear what we heard from Sister Hulda Bontaine this afternoon of, of the thousands upon thousands of children dying in Calcutta and India. You can get all stirred up about it and you can get emotional and you get very concerned, but folks, there's a difference between concern and anguish. Because you see, you can tie yourself to a cause, you can get excited about it, there's some project, you can talk it up, you go public with it, you can advertise it, you can support it, organize it, put a lot of effort into it. Let me tell you something I've learned over all my years, 50 years of preaching. If it is not born in anguish, if it has not been born by the Holy Spirit, where when you saw and heard of the ruin, it drove you to your knees, Took you down into a baptism of anguish where you began to pray and seek God. Folks, this church was born in anguish. Six months of anguish, tears, a little country town in Pennsylvania, where a pastor of a small church cried out, Oh God. I'm dry and I'm empty and there's more to it than this and if this is all the Holy Ghost is I don't want it. In such a desperation weeks and weeks of calling on the name of the Lord confessing my own deadness and dryness then finally coming for street rallies here in the city and walking the streets and then wind up on 42nd Street and see them selling a kind of heroin would kill you. Say, I've got the good stuff that'll kill you. And I remember breaking down, and it didn't matter the crowds going by, uh, sat on a fire hydrant type on the side of a building and wept. And I was in anguish. I was in anguish four blocks from here on Broadway, weeping and crying and wailing. I wasn't looking for a ministry. I wasn't looking to build a church. I was feeling God's pain for a lost city. The same agony I felt years before when he started Teen Challenge. And I've never had anything that's been any worse to God in my 50 years that wasn't born in agony. Never. Never. It's all been flesh otherwise. (laughs) Flesh. And folks, I've been around the world again and listening to the cry of pastors, dead and empty, some treating their wives like animals. And here I haven't prayed in months. I haven't prayed in six months. And I know that sermons won't do it. I know that a new revelation won't do it. Covenant won't do it. I know now. Oh my God, do I know it. Until I'm in agony. Until I have been anguished over it. I'm preaching sermons. Oh, God, I'm preaching sermons. Then I said, no, it's too late. I don't have that much time. And all our projects, all our ministries, everything we do, where are the Sunday school teachers that weep over kids they know are not hearing and they're going to hell? Oh, everywhere I go, somebody's got a project. Somebody's got a plan or a dream. That's all it is. It's an idea. They didn't come to me from a broken heart. They didn't come to me after hours of fasting and praying and mourning. Not a broken heart. It's an idea. I'm sick of it. You see, a true prayer life begins at the place of anguish, a place where lifetime decisions are made. You see, if you you set your heart to pray, God's going to come and start sharing His heart with you. He's going to open up His heart, and I'll tell you there's pain in His heart. But He sees, and so few to hear, He's going to show you the condition of his church. He's going to show you the condition to your own heart. And he's going to ask you a question. What is it to you? What is it? And that anguished servant has to make a decision. And everyone hearing me, now you're going to have to make this decision. I have to make it. You either get up from your anguished place, you walk out of the... Baptism waters of anguish. Yes, I can't handle this. I can barely make it as it is. I don't want it, God. I have enough. I just want to be an ordinary Christian. I don't want to carry this kind of a burden. I don't want to have to weep over my family anymore. Or I'm just going to go take it by faith. See, you have to make a decision. You're going to come, and he says, now. If you're going to bear my burden, if you're going to be an instrument of restoration, if you are expecting somebody else to be an instrument to win your family or to do this work, you're mistaken. I've burned your heart. I've given you my heart and I've opened up my anguish to you and I'm letting you feel it and share it so that it will bring you to your knees. Because it is there that I'll speak to you the word of direction. And that's what happened to Nehemiah. He came eventually out of the waters of anguish with a clear word that nobody could reject. He brought the city and nation to its knees. You find that in Nehemiah, the eighth chapter. You see, you you, you either walk away and go back to your passivity... You say, I'm just going to be an ordinary Christian, and there's no such thing. Or your heart begins to cry out, Oh God, your name is being blasphemed. The Holy Spirit's being mocked. The enemy is out trying to destroy the testimony of the Lord's faithfulness, and something has to be done. He can't go unchallenged. Let's go back to these words. When I heard Jerusalem was broken down, you see, if he believed this theory that the need represents the call, you know what he'd done? He said, Gentlemen, if you'll just wait, I'll pack my bags. Just give me a day or two. This is the kind of challenge that's my meat. I love it. Let's roll. Let's do it. No anguish. No fasting, no prayer, no brokenness. they just do it. Nothing would have been done. The walls would have never been rebuilt. And anything you try to do without this baptism of anguish, it's going to falter and fall. It's not going to work. Here's what a sister wrote to me this past week. She said, Brother Dave, I'm so hungry for the Lord. I'm so tired of how-to meetings. It's all spiritual fluff. I was told of a woman's conference that was going to be a great spiritual experience, so I went with a group of sisters. There were 15,000 women. I was horrified the first night when they opened the conference with a comedy sketch. It went from bad to worse. These, we were hoodwinked by the leaders. There was not a single prayer, not one mention of prayer. It was a farce. And I'm as empty as I've ever been. Prophet Amos cried out to such woe to them that are ease in Zion, eating, chanting their music. But they're not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. And in the original Hebrew root word, they are not agonizing in prayer over the ruin in, in Joseph or in Israel. They're not agonizing, they're not in anguish about the conditions. Comedy, yes. Happy singing, yes. Eating, fellowship, good time, yes. Weeping, anguish, praying, fasting. No, no, no. they not have it. Folks, let me tell you something. Out of this baptism of anguish comes a marvelous thing that happens to those willing to submit to it. A marvelous thing. It's the instant prompt knowing of God's voice. Instant. Now see, if you don't have a history of prayer, if you don't have this willingness to share God's heart, you get it by asking Him for it. He said, I'll, I'll give. I'm more willing to give you to receive." This is something you ask. Oh God, I, I, I want to step out now and I want to know your heart. And when you begin to seek His face, you allow Him to melt and break you. You come into this communion with the Lord out of that experience. You see, God hasn't called us to live in anguish. This is the birth. This is the womb of something God is stirring, God wanting to accomplish and and bringing out of ruin, restoration, in your family, whatever it may be. He'll bring you down into this baptism. Now, just like the baptism waters, you come up, you come out. But you'll come out with this instant knowing of God's voice. Because you see, Nehemiah, he'd been fasting, he'd been praying, he'd been mourning, and left a mark on his countenance, and the king noticed that he was a cupbearer. And one day he brings the wine to the king, and the king says, Why are you so down? Why your countenance? Nehemiah didn't have time to go and bosom his heart to the Lord. He didn't have time! Now to go and say, give me three days to fast and pray. No, he had to have an instant word. Why you said countenance, Nehemiah said, I was very sore afraid. So I prayed to the God of heaven and I said to the king. In other words, instant prayer, instant direction. Knowing God's voice. There are times you're not going to know what to do. You have no time to run to the closet. You have to hear his voice. This is the way. Walk in it. Instant. That is a glorious result of the baptism of anguish. The servant who willingly takes on the mantle of God's pain is the only servant who has the authority and the right to hold God to his covenant promises. we preach preached covenant here. But only those who've known his heart and in those times have allowed God to bring healing has allowed God to go down deep in the soul and say, oh God, I can't do this on my own. But I'm not going to let my kids go to hell. I'm not going to let my husband my wife. Oh God, I'm not going to live in this death. I'm not going to live in this lukewarmness and this coldness anymore. God, change me. And when you get desperate before God, you set your heart to seek Him. Then you can hold God to His Covenant promises. Look, look at 1st chapter, verses 8 and 9. Remember, I beseech thee the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, If ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. Now, he, he holds God this covenant now. But if you turn unto me and keep my commandments, and do them, though there were most of you cast out from the uttermost part of the heaven, yet will I gather the, them from thence and bring them into this place, that I've chosen to set my name there. He calls on the covenant made to Moses. He said, here's what you promised, God. And folks, when you allow God to lead you into this place beyond concern, beyond just fleeting emotion, you said, God, I'm going to set my heart then you have every right to hold God to every one of His covenant promises. You see, and I'm going to close in just a minute, we have, we, we have a nation, a church today full of diagnostic experts. Boy, just about anybody can tell you what's wrong with the church now. And now they're coming out with statistics and polls. They, they can tell you uh, how many heathen there are in China. They can give you polls and charts but not the slightest idea. They have all these how-to books now, and you won't hear one word about anguish, tears, and brokenness. You won't hear that. In my closing thoughts, i want to ask you, why, why did Nehemiah, of all God-fearing men that were left in Israel, why did God share his anguished heart with Nehemiah? Because he was a man of prayer, he was already in prayer. Now I want to tell you something. I believe in, I believe in destiny. I believe that God chooses men, but God can choose a man and He can abort it just like that. Nehemiah could have said, "Look, I, I, I I'm, I have more influence right here. I have the ear of the king. I, I need to stay right here." And God, I'm sure has. I'll agree with you that God will raise up somebody. No, he he said, Oh God, this is my burden. Open your heart to me. I know now it's going to take more than preaching, more than a new revelation. There's gonna be no renewal, no revival, no awakening until we're willing to let him once again break us. I don't know why I don't know if it's something that's coming the other pastors have shared with you what they feel about some very, very troubling, difficult times just ahead. And it comes not only from the pulpit, it comes from politicians coming from all over the world. But I have to tell you that God's calling me personally, to a baptism of anguish I don't know what it's all about right now but I told God I will not I'm supposed to go and pastors conferences in May in Scotland and Wales and Ireland and then to Minsk and all over the world I'm only going out two or three times a year but I said God I'm not going anymore I won't take another meeting until I know your anguish for pastors. I can't go just because there's a need. I can't go just because I've wanted and accepted. I don't want it. I don't When I preach sometimes like this, everything gets so quiet and I I get the feeling that, Lord, I want to make people happy. (laughs) Folks, it's getting late and it's getting serious. Please don't tell me, don't tell me you're concerned. Don't tell me that you want your unsaved loved one saved when you're spending hours in front of internet or television. Come on. I don't know how to end this. Lord, help me. I have a sense that though this may not be for the whole congregation, that he's speaking to some very deeply speaking to your heart like he's speaking to mine. Maybe you don't need prayer along this line, but I beg of you, I plead with you, I need prayer. Lord, I just have to pray. I don't know what else to do. I I just, I've preached, Lord, what you put on my heart, and I don't know how to end it. You end it. You do what you want to do, Lord. You speak to us. Lord, there's some need to get this altar and confess. I am not what I was. I am not where I'm supposed to be. God, I don't have your heart or your burden. I've been I wanted it easy. I didn't want to be happy. But Lord, true joy comes. True joy comes out of anguish. That's where the joy is when we see the results of our laying hold of your heart and then you give us direction, and then we see the results that are lasting. We, we see a whole city come to repentance, and then Nehemiah stands up and he says, Now is the time to rejoice. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. But that joy came out of seeing. The victory that came out of the anguish. Oh God, I'm not chastising this church. I'm not trying to bring woe on anybody, but oh God, if you do it for anybody, do it for me. I want my heart broken again. But I want you to take me into your heart. And I want to feel the hurts and the needs of this people too. So that when I stand in this pulpit, I preach your mind and your heart. Will you stand? (laughs) Nehemiah, the eighth chapter. You can still come while I'm talking. They read in the book, the law of God distinctly gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. And the people says, they all said amen, they lifted up their hands, they bowed their heads, they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Now folks, this is the result of this baptism of anguish. Now God's dealing with all the families of Israel. He's dealing with the princes, the leaders, and Ezra and Nehemiah have now gathered the people. Ezra opened the book in the sight of the people, when he opened it, all the people stood up. They read the book of God distinctly, gave the sense, and caused them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, and Ezra the priest, the scribe, and Levites, that taught the people, said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, weep not. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the Lord. He said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet. Send the portion, for this day is holy unto the Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You see, that's the result of taking on the heart of God. The ultimate joy of seeing God fulfill His Word and His covenant promises in your life. There's nothing of the flesh will give you joy. I don't care how much money, I don't care... What kind of new house there is? Absolutely nothing physical can give you joy. It's only what is accomplished by the Holy Spirit when you obey Him and take on His heart. He gives you the knowing of His voice, that instant knowledge. God saying, This is the way, walk in it. And then the wonderful joy of seeing God answer your prayer and build the walls around your family. Build the walls around your own heart. Make you strong and impregnable against the enemy. God, that's what we desire.